here. He's going to give us a tour, photo tour, and comparison to several turtle robots, um, which are contemporary with the Apple II. robots for about as long as I can remember. Um, in fact, I can't remember a time I haven't been interested in, in robots. And I'm not alone with being interested in robots. There are a lot of companies, kits, books, magazines, you name it, about robotics that are accessible to the, to the amateur, to the hobbyist today. Buy a working robot kit, have it delivered, and within 24 hours you can write it down before very little technical knowledge, but there's also a lot of a lot of information on their websites printed about those robots. I have a magazine that just came out last week, so you may recognize it, Make Magazine, and the whole issue is dedicated to robots. I would have opened the shrink wrap, but I've been busy with this thing called Canis Fest this week. Welcome to come by and take a look at it uh, afterwards. People have been interested in robots robots for a very long time. I'm not sure why. I think the idea of a cybernetic organism making your own life form, or, or maybe just having someone else do your laundry is very And the, the advent of the personal computer in the late 70s really opened up robots, make them much more accessible to the, to the home user. Previously, computers were simply too large, too expensive, too slow to be very useful in robots. After the first computer, robots were much less expensive, much smaller, and there were a number of books starting in the, in the 1970s, late 1970s, as well as that key article about how to build your very own robot at home. All this ties into Logo. Most versions of Logo for the Apple II had one or more small robots that were attached to the attached to the Apple II. I mentioned four turtles the other day. With a with one of these four turtle robots attached to your computer, you can use the Logo graphics command forward, back, left, right to control your robot, draw a pattern on paper, and as I mentioned earlier, the, uh, the screen graphics actually came after the robots in the history of Logo. And that, that, that is effectively a simulation of the, the four turtles. The, the four turtles, the, the robots, were first added to Logo around 1970, and the, the graphics came a few years later. So I'd like to start off talking about where the term turtle comes from the origin of that term, and then I'd like to give a, a photo tour of some of the robots, some of the turtle robots that were contemporary with the Apple II. I'll talk about some of the features and the things it had, and then lastly I'll finish up with a little bit of reflection ideas on how we might use robots with the Apple II today, direction we go. This is a robot from the late 1940s. Actually, this particular one was built in the early 50s by a fellow named William Gray Walter. Uh, William Gray Walter was born right here in Kansas City, Missouri. He moved to England at age five, and he studied to become a neurophysiologist. His interest was in 
what makes something alive, what makes intelligence. He, he was trying to understand. He was trying to understand that mystery. He had a theory that a complex set of interconnections, a root set of interconnections between a small number of simple elements, neurons, would give rise to complicated behavior. He built a series of robots starting in the 1940s to explore that theory. This particular robot is presently on display in the American in the Smithsonian Museum of American History. Go, go in the front door, down the stairs, turn left, go all the way to the end, look for the giant DARPA Grand Challenge display, and all the way, tucked in the corner, behind the pillar, where nobody looks, you'll find this robot. <laughs> Here's a picture of a slightly earlier model of his robot, but the interesting thing here is it highlights the various parts. He had a Photo, a photo cell up front, he had a small headlight, the robots could interact with each other with the, the photo cell on one versus the versus the, the light on another. His control circuitry consists of two vacuum tubes. His ideas about how to control a robot, this simple analog circuitry lives on today and was called beam robotics. But William Gray Walter called his robots cortices. That's where the term turtle comes from. Go back to the previous picture. You can see how it resembles a tortoise. It's small, it's close to the ground, it has a shell, it also moves very slowly. Many years later, uh, folks working on Logo, particularly Bert on a visit to Europe, saw some of these robots, got the idea of, uh, of, of a turtle from those tortoises that were. I don't know why he changed the name from tortoise to turtle. It might be a UK versus US English thing. I'm not certain. <coughs> All these pictures come from various websites. I have links at the bottom, and the notes that will show up in the PDF that's on the website has, has some more details and more links if you want more. Let's move forward to the, the Apple II. I'll talk about the robots that were contemporary with the Apple II. This first robot is the Terrapin Turtle robot. Uh, it came out around 1979. They don't have an exact date. It acquired a wired tether to an Apple II computer. It was a parallel interface. Initially, you would just use any parallel card in your favorite personal computer. I believe later, the Terrapin sold an interface card specific to the Terrapin Turtle robot, and it was something more than a parallel card. It would take commands and do something with them. I, I don't know if that's because there's a processor on the card or if there is firmware on the card, but the Apple interface card is a bit more sophisticated. Let's take a look at this robot. The, the plastic shell is touch sensitive. It's connected to a, a pole in the middle that you can see somewhat blurry there, and it's on a gimbal such that if the robot runs into something, the whole shell shifts, and then there, and then these black blobs are actually switches. There's four of them, and the switch will close and send a signal back to the Apple. There are two DC motors on here. The motors are are open loop. There is no way for the computer to know precisely how fast the motor is turning or how far it has turned. It's, it would make this robot very difficult to, to draw precisely. 
many of the robots have preceded it, and some of the other <coughs> robots we'll see here uh, use as a stepper motor, which allows them to precisely control uh, the position. The robot also seemed to have a reputation for being uh, fragile, and, and I'm not sure if, if that's referring to the mechanical construction or if that's referring <laughs> to what I just mentioned, the, the fact that it would be difficult to precisely draw lines. Behind here, we can see some of its drawings. In the middle of the robot, it has a pen connected to a solenoid. It can raise or lower the pen under computer control. Uh, one thing I do notice is that some of the lines look a little mm, sloppy, not quite straight over on the, the left side there. So it's a little bit crooked. I'm not sure if they intended it that way, but uh, this comes from a larger picture showing a, a computer screen and it looks a little more precise than the computer screen, so I suspect that's showing some of the limitations of the robot. There's also a speaker on the robot up front. It's a black disc right here. There's an article in the 1979 issue of Byte that gives more details about the robot. It has schematics for the robot, and at least at that time, the robot was being sold as a kit, but later it was sold to people they assembled. This robot obviously works with Terrapin logo, and there is an add-on from the LCSI that would also work with the LCSI logo products that we have a logo. Questions, comments before we move on to the other robot? Where's the tether on that? I don't see any. It's not shown in this picture. I don't know why. Um, it's shown in that picture. Features. 
I think they grew the robot over time, started with basic head, and then later they added speech synthesis and compass. I don't know if there were any other features. Like they had a handheld remote control for it. Um, anyways, let's compare this robot to the Terrapin Turtle robot. It's very similar shape, similar plastic dome. Uh, here you can clearly see the parallel connection on the back. Um, this robot has two glowing eyes. These, these knobs right here. Let's see if I can use a cursor. Anyways, what looks like a black knob is actually a, a pair of green lights that resemble eyes. Beneath that, you see a, a cluster of four uh, red LEDs, and those would light up depending on which side of the robot hit an object. And it also had a speaker that supposedly sounded like a, uh, a beeping tone in a car where you could get to, to fasten your seatbelt. There's a contact bumper around the bottom of the robot. It's a little bit different than the Terrapin robot. There are you can see, three of four plastic pieces around the perimeter of the robot, and there's small switches behind that. The motors are quite a bit different here. They use stepper motors, which allows them to precisely control the speed and the direction of the robot. Uh, overall, the, the press of the robot about the Taskman robot was much more favorable, partly because the movement was more precise, but also because there were expansion options. I mentioned speech synthesis, I mentioned compass, I mentioned, or I didn't mention also speech recognition. I haven't found anything about those. Uh, this is part of a three-part article about how to build the robot. I have that article if anyone's interested. But the article stops with the basic robot. And going back to what you, you were asking, Andy, this robot shows up on eBay every so often, but it's expensive and usually incomplete and untested. It would be very interesting to restore one of these robots. I originally had hopes of doing that, but given the cost, the relative scarcity of the robots, and as well as the supporting software, it didn't happen. Here's another view of the task mat. It shows you the parts a little bit better. You can see the switches for the contact bumpers. And this one has some of the optional features. You see the compass up top, the ring of lights. And I don't know what that stack of boards is, or, but it, it's probably a speech recognition or speech synthesis. Here's another view. Here you can clearly see the green light, the green eyes, you can also see the, the red contact centers up front, and you can see this, the round speaker just beneath that. This was distributed also in the U.S. and a number of other countries, but the majority of the literature I found about it comes from Tasmania. Another view showing you attached to Apple II running logo. That thing is huge. It is big, yes. It's hard to get it's hard to get the scale of it from anything else. Yeah, it looked like it was maybe you know six inches across. And now we see that it's about eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drawing, the lines look 
fairly precise to me, especially for something that's being drawn so close to each other. And you can also see the power supply on top of the on top of the cloth you draw the big box is going to be a power supply for it. And again it has to be tethered. This is a different robot, it's called the Turtle Tot, made by the same company that made Tasman Turtle. I know nothing about it other than it was supposed to be a cost-reduced version of the, the Tasman robot. I believe, especially when you started, started adding all the options to the Tasman, it could run you several thousand dollars. That's an interesting drive system they got. Instead of directly driving the wheels, they're actually spinning a, a thing on top of the wheels. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. That'd be a you could get some slippage that way. It's still stepper motors. So. It looks like stepper motors. Yeah, I've seen drive systems like that when they want to gear it down without actually using gears, so it's cheaper. Okay. And from the size of the chips, I judge this is a little smaller than the other one. That would be my guess as well. I haven't found any pictures in any other different context. You also see it's, it's tethered. In the middle, you can see the, the mounting for the pen, the, the solenoid that raises and lowers the pen. This company, Flexible Systems, came up with some other turtle-like robots. I haven't been able to find pictures of them, but instead, I, I gather they released a whole series to hit different price points and improve it over time. And this is the Elliot Turtle. It's the only one that I found that actually looks like a turtle. <coughs> kind of an ego turtle. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously not. Yeah, well, you have to go and die It's the turtle. It's it's the turtle nader. <laughs> this one also has batteries built in. I believe it's ten AA batteries. They're rechargeable batteries. It's the only one that. I found that comes out of the box wireless. It has it has an infrared base station. Communicates wireless over infrared to a computer you're choosing. I haven't found any Apple II software for it. I found some information suggesting there was Apple II software to support it, but I ended up the, the only software I was able to find online was actually for the, the Commodore 64. And the, the so that software did not include logo, it included just the, the basic turtle graphic. Presumably there are other products that interfaced it to more sophisticated software. This robot was available up until a couple of years ago. It's the, the Aoi Wow 2 robot. It's also available as a kit. This one is unique in that it has a built-in processor. All the previous robots had no built-in intelligence, no microprocessor, you had to tether them to a computer. Actually, I take that back. Um, this one did have a built-in processor, but I believe it required tethering to a computer. I think the processor was only there for the, the wireless link. This one is potentially entirely self-contained. There's a keypad on the back. I believe it had 26 keys. And you could you key in a pro, uh, program with a sequence of keys, and you can remember on the order of, I want to say, 24 different uh, steps in the program. 
probably fairly limiting. 24 steps in a program isn't going to get you very far, but it did also have an Apple II interface. I don't know if that Apple II interface was primarily for programming the robot or controlling it directly under something like Logo. Um, this one, unlike the previous robots which had a ring around it, it had collisions on the side, this one has a, a set of whiskers. If something hits the whisker, then it would send a signal, a collision signal back. Those are the those are the turtle robots that I wanted to highlight, but I wanted to finish up with a couple of other robots that really don't fit the definition that I came up with earlier of a turtle robot, but we're still contemporary with the Apple II, but still in my opinion pretty interesting. This is the RB5X. I did not know about this one until last night when I was thumbing through one of Sean's soft talk magazines. And this one has a built-in processor, it's designed to be standalone. It supports programming in Fourth and Logo. It does have an interface with the Apple II, but it had its own computer built into it. Uh, the company that built this is still in business, and their website claims that they're still selling it. Now, they don't actually have the price, but it would be interesting if you still can get it. It also has a... You know, this one doesn't have Fourth built in. This one had basic built-in with uh, optional logo commands. Then you guys recognize the Hero robots. Again, they had their own built-in processor. They didn't need an Apple II because there actually was an Apple II interface card for it. And James has one. I'm sure he'd be happy to tell you all about it. Uh, I just checked on the RB5X. It says the base without a dome is 400, but the whole robot is not available. Ah, the okay. domes aren't available. Okay. So well, I think part of it's available, but not the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could find something that's that shape, but. And the arm's also not available. Um, it also had a dock. I think those two yellowish dots. The, the, the charging station is $100. Oh, okay. They have that. And they have expansion EP ROMs for 20 bucks. Excellent. <coughs> it has a built-in APIC processor. It is not a 6502, unfortunately. But it was, was designed to be self-contained. And it appeared to be fairly sophisticated. Oh, here's the actual price. If you get the whole robot, uh, $2,000 without the arm and... Yeah, I found the price side and thirty three hundred with the arm. Yeah, that's so, cheap. Thank you. It gets expensiveness. You actually get a complete robot. Yes, especially if you're trying to get something rebuilt. Yeah, you save a lot of money if you build it on your own, but then you probably spend a lot of money. You just spread it out over time. A lot of time. A lot of, a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, your, your time's worth something. So depends what your interest is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just the Androbots Turbo. They had several versions of it. The earliest versions were simply remote control. Later versions had built in a built-in processor, and they had the ability. This was the one that has the ability to run port, and then later they also added logo support. <coughs> this is a picture from one of their ads. I don't know if it would actually run in sand, but it's a neat picture. 
Here's another picture I found. It just shows the complete kit. I thought it interesting how the wheels were set up at an angle like that. I supposedly made the robot more stable. The robot would rock back and forth as it moved, but because of the arrangement of the wheels, it would always end up upright. Those are the robots that I wanted to show, but there are quite a few more robots that were contemporary with that one too. For a lot of them, it's difficult to find information. It's even more difficult to find software for them. Uh, it's interesting, some thumbing through some of the old magazines, early 80s, finding ads, articles for these, and trying to decipher what the robot was actually capable of, what its features were. Any questions about any of these robots? Any thoughts? Yeah. Can you next year for your project find one and bring it here and hook it up and show us? I would very much like to. Yes, yes. I know someone who has one. Which one? One of these? Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. I I saw it in the I saw it in the back of the house when I went to interview and I didn't recognize what it was. But I had this warm feeling looking at it, and I was like, why am I mostly attached to this robot? What's up with this? And it was because it had been in all those ads, in fact. Ah, yeah. This was a late edition of my presentation. I heard a lot of people talking about it when I mentioned that I was doing a presentation about robots. So, I had to add it. And as best as I can tell, it was very popular, and it maybe because it looks almost human-like. Well, wasn't, is that the one that had the beer dispenser? Because I know there was one that had a beer dispenser on the side. There is an ad with there is an ad with one of these robots serving a drink. I thought it was I thought it was this robot. But there that, that's, I know it wasn't that one. Okay. Because I know that one was more for education, and yeah. that wouldn't be a Patriot one education. At least from what I was reading in marketing material, like in the past few years on that thing. Okay. Yeah, interesting to see that. But yeah, I recall that it could store like three or four cans and dispense them when you ask for it. Okay, I'm not familiar with that then. I haven't seen any built in dispenser, just a picture of one carrying whatever, just a sort. Any other questions about these robots? Just yes. comments. Make yeah, magazines have a lot of stuff on robots. They've also got a podcast that they put out. And I think there's a once a week podcast that they post just on robots showing. I've seen some cool stuff that people are doing now on the Maker Fair. Amazing. Yeah, Maker Fair. So it's, uh, yeah, this is not the first issue that Make has done dedicated to robots. There's another one a couple of years back. And robots often show up in their issues that don't say robots on the front. There are. Hobbyist little magazine dedicated to robots. I'm aware of at least one servo. Actually, there's, there's a second one. I can get the name. But there's, there's two or three magazines dedicated to robots, plus a number of other hobbyist electronics magazines that frequently have articles about robots. There's a lot of books. So, I guess that brings me to my last topic. Originally, I wanted to get one of these turtle robots, particularly. Most interested in having the Cassian robot and a little lesser extent the, the uh, Terrapin robot, but I wasn't able to get one for the reasons I mentioned earlier. I then thought about trying to recreate one of these robots. I have schematics for this robot, and 
I have this magazine article that goes into pretty good detail about building the robot. When it comes down to it, I figured I spent a lot of time trying to recreate the robot, find the right parts, find the, the right materials, get a dome that's just the right shape, recreate the circuit boards, and so on. And I think the, the way forward for a robot with the Apple II would be to use modern technology. You could relatively easy, easily build or buy a robot that's functionally equivalent to, to this robot or the, the character robot and interface it with your Apple II. You don't have your Apple II. It has, the robot has a serial interface on it. You use it for your emulator. You order the Apple II, there's no way you do that. You could use it with your modern machine as well. So I, I think there's a lot of interest in seeing how they did the robots. There's a lot we've learned from that. I can see Bellevue trying to recreate one of these robots, but at least for me, I, I'm more interested in the robot, playing with the robot, using the robot. So I think the direction for me would be to build a robot using my components and then plug it into one too. I think that'd be awesome just to recreate the interface. We've got parallel ports, we could run the software and then teach an Arduino to execute it until So. 
I miss the television shows, you know, like Robot Warriors. Thank you. I enjoyed talking to you, any of you about robots later on. <laughs>